Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 32. And what more shall I say? Well, he's said a lot, hasn't he? What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your word today. How it encourages us in our modern walk, God, where we're at today. You're, you're still on the throne. You are still in control. And it is still by faith that we're able to please you. It is still only through faith that we can bring glory to your name in this world. Father, I pray for those that are here this morning. Uh, uh, Father, these are, these are different times. Things look different. We, you go to the store, you go to church, things are just different right now. But, but the one thing that is the same is that you are good. So help us to live by faith. To walk by, by faith and not by sight in this world. And we bring you glory. God, would you call people to repentance in this place today? Maybe someone out there listening today, they'll, they'll hear these words and Lord, your Holy Spirit will call them to repentance today. Lord, that is our desire. We thank you for who you are. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. Jaron is a child of the quarantine. You guys are like, that's a weird way to start a sermon. But my son, he's 15 months old. He's lived in our house, essentially, for some time. The occasional walk around town. But a lot of things I think we pick up being around people, and I'm hoping sooner or later it's going to be more norm to be around folks again. It's going to be more normal to see people's faces when you're in the mall, when you're at the store. But Jaron hadn't learned a lot of these social things. As he's living at home, he's, he just kind of does what he wants to do. It's time for a bottle. It's time for a, a nap. It's time for his favorite TV show, whatever. He just does what he does, right? So we go out in the public, and it never fails. This kid likes to just yell at people, okay? Yeah, I see someone across the way. Hey! And he'll just sit there like this. People don't respond. He's like, hey! 
Actually, it was a cute little girl in front of us uh, checking out in line. She was probably, what, two and a half, three, maybe? Cute little girl. Like, I'd be okay to see, you know, see him marry someone like her. She's a pretty little girl. Not yet, of course. We got enough marrying going on in our family right now. But she, he's looking at that little girl in front of him, and, hey! She was okay at first till he said, hey! He just kind of threw her off kilter. She's like, whoa, this kid, he's wild. People live in fear, don't they? I think what I'm seeing in our society is there's a lot of fear going on. My son doesn't have fear right now because he's never had to fear. Everybody in his house knows him. It's all right to yell hey across the way and it, nobody says anything. But our world in, in general right now is living in a deep state of fear. There's fear of everything. It's almost like even when you're watching the news or you're keeping up with social media that we're coming up with new things every week that we can be afraid of. As fearful as this world can be, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I don't have to be fearful. It's not something I have to do. When I look at these examples of believers who have gone on before us, they didn't live in fear. They lived in faith. They lived in faith. Last week I told you of a, a, a gentleman that I, I met with at work, and you know he was going through a lot of changes in his life, and, and really he's probably, you know, he's kind of at the end of his life. But he ended his whole uh, list of problems that he has with, but I have Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You guys remember that guy I talked about? What a blessing. His wife, you know, she's, she's deteriorating. He's, he's losing abilities to do this, that, and the other. He, he had a problem turning his windshield wipers on, and he came back in the clinic to help me turn his windshield wipers on for him. He has some stuff going on. But the end statement is all that matters. I have Christ. The end statement is the, is the trump of all problems. Is I have Christ. It's overall. That faith that he has even at this stage in his life. Well, I met with another, another man, and, and this guy is a pretty interesting man. He's probably, if you were to talk to him, he's more of an interesting man than that man. But his end story is a lot different. You see, this man, he's, he's picked guitar for... People you may have heard of, like Waylon and Willie and Merle. As soon as he told me that, I was like, this guy's my best friend. He talks about hitchhiking across the United States of America on a train just so he could go from surfing in the great coast of California all the way to Florida. He, he hops a train. How cool! It was a few years ago, there was a few guys in our youth group, we always, we always kind of wanted to do a ministry to the hobos. <laughs> we laughed about it, but really it would be a great ministry. But we, we wanted to go and hop a train and just tell people about Jesus that we ran into. We really came close to leaving that summer. He talks about that. He, he lived that way. He was, a, he was a professional surfer. And then he moved on to skiing, and he did professional skiing. And, you know, this guy had just done a lot of stuff. But here he is at the end of his life, and he ends his statement with, all hope is lost. My first guy I talked with, he's, man, it doesn't matter. I have Jesus. This guy, he comes across and he's like, I might as well just give up now. Why even try? 
Why even take the medications? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna die anyways. I'm, my kids don't care about me. I'm, the word he kept using was, "I'm an inconvenience to everyone." I'm an inconvenience. That man had hope. This guy did not. This guy comes in the clinic and he's very confused. And, and most of the time he's full of stories and stuff. And he comes in this past week and he, he looks at me and he's like, hey, I like talking to you. I was like, well, I like talking to you too. I said, what's going on? What are you here for today? Uh, 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 uh. He couldn't even form sentences. He was having issues with, with some chemical imbalances in his body and so here he is and I and I, I said well I said I, I understand that you can't speak right now but I want you to know I, I want to pray for you no 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 don't pray for me it's hopeless I said well you should know that I am going to pray for you <laughs> okay the man had a the very next morning had a stroke he's in the hospital I tried to share the gospel with him that day as best I could. In my professional capacity, I shared the gospel. I, I find myself often praying with people in the rooms, I and mean, that's probably not the wisest thing to do. But the two men, the two different men that I've met, identical in age, both 89 years old, both have lived great lives, exciting stories, things they could tell me, but only one has hope at the end of the day. Only one man had hope. When I look at these stories of people in the Old Testament, the ones that we have here are people who had hope at the end of the day. And the only way that they had hope was through faith in Christ Jesus as their Savior and Lord. I'm not just separate to give you preacher talk today. There's a lot of young folks here today. I'm glad you are here. I hope you are all going to camp. I haven't even got to talk with you all in so long. If you're going to camp, man, it's going to be a great, great week. Mostly because I'm going to be there. But it's going to be a great week. The food's going to be awesome. The, the, the freedom that we're going to have, it's going to be really laid back. I love that. We're going to have times of getting into the Word and of worship. But the most important thing that you guys can walk away from that week with is a sincere and honest faith in Christ Jesus. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. One of these days, you will be one of those old men. <laughs> you, you will be at that situation in life where everything's hopeless, everything's falling apart, nothing is the same, but all that matters at the end of the day is that you have faith in Christ. You guys hear me this morning. This is the call of this chapter 11. Some of y'all are like, man, how long are we going to be in chapter 11? We wrap it up today, maybe. But you're looking through this passage and there's time and time and time and time again. You see people who had faith in their life. And because of faith, they're commended. Their lives are mentioned here. What you don't see are the people who lacked faith mentioned in chapter 11. There's a reason in that. There's a reason that you have all these people mentioned. Last week, of course, we're talking about Abraham. We're talking about Joshua. We're talking about Rahab. We're talking about all these folks. Today, he just kind of lists names. In other words, he's listing names to people who already knew the story. Some of these people, you probably like, yeah, I remember that story. I remember that story. You guys probably remember the story of Gideon. Gideon was a, a leader, a military leader of the, of the, of the tribe. And it, the Lord had them to go and to take on a group that they were to defeat. Now, if you were a soldier, how, how would you fight a battle? Well, some of you would say with a sword, right? 
with your soldiers, with weapons. But the Lord commanded Gideon to go down there and to encircle the camp, and at a point they would all light their lights and scream and stuff. It's kind of the same idea that he gave to Joshua around the big city of Jericho. You guys remember that story? They light their lights, and that's supposed to defeat the army. I don't know about you guys, but if I was a soldier, I'd be like, what? You want me to go and turn my flashlight on? They had oil lamps or whatever. But they went down there, and they turned the lamps on, just like God said, under the direction of Gideon. And then it says that the army woke up, saw the lights, lost it, and began stabbing each other. Battle one. Gideon is mentioned here not because he was a brave warrior, but because he had faith. Okay, God, if this is what you want us to do, if you want us to go and do this, then that's what we're going to do. And you know what I find in the modern church a lot of times? We won't even step out and give of our time or efforts or whatever because it's not making sense in our hearts. I always hear people say, man, trust your heart. No, don't trust your heart. Your heart is deceitful. Don't trust your heart. What you trust is the Word of God. What you trust is your faith in God. Gideon didn't trust his heart that day. I bet in his warrior heart, he just wanted, he probably had a new sword or maybe an old sword that he'd killed a lot of people with. He's like, I'm ready to go to battle. I'm ready to kill these guys. But that's not what God had planned for him. And so he did what God had planned for him, and then all glory was to God. And church, this is where we need to be in our lives today. We need to be people who are looking and saying, God, what is your will? By faith, I'm going to do what you are calling me to. I've been at this church for a while. I'm not at this church because it's convenient for me. I'm not here in Purim because it was the great move to make back in 2004. You guys, I came from being a pastor to a youth pastor with no pay. You know how that happens? Well, I'm a little dumb too, but... Praise God for that. It was by faith. We're going to do this. I believe God has, has a lot in store. And it's like amazing. When I look at my life, when I did something that didn't make sense to all my pastor friends, to my parents, even to my in-laws who were in this church, they were like, uh, you don't need to do this. It didn't make sense to anyone else. It really didn't make sense to us, but by faith. And now I look and I think about all the stuff, all the good things that have happened because we said, okay, God, it doesn't make sense, but we're going to follow you anyways. All, this, all these good things. I've, I've got to go to other countries. I've got to, I've got to baptize. I don't even know how many people in that place right there. How many sermons have I preached on this stage? How, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, your life is a, it can be exciting if you'll live it by faith. We're taught from a young age just to, well, you need to figure out where you're going to college, who you're going to marry, what you want to do for a living, find you a piece of land, build a house. There's nothing wrong with those things. But somewhere along the way, I believe we've forgotten that first step and is like, God, by faith, what do you want me to do? By faith, what is it that you want me to do? And honestly, faith is not something that just helps you in the moment, but faith helps you in the future. You growing your faith right now will allow you to go through battles in the future. There's stuff going on in my life I just like I could never have imagined. Have you ever raised a 15-month-old, a 15-year-old, and a gal that's about to get married? 
at the same time. There's a whole lot of drama in our house right now. Someone's pooping their pants or trying to figure out a venue or whatever. There's a lot of drama going on. People want four-wheelers. <laughs> Don't you put your head down back there. I want one too, man. I, I'm with you. Don't have to ask too hard. I, I want a four wheeler too. But you see what I'm saying? Even in this point in life, Joni and I are able to go through like a crazy time, not because we're good enough, but because God has blessed us with faith. And and that started a long time ago. These people didn't just jump in there and just do great things. God had God had grown them into it, so to speak. God, God had allowed them through, through hearing His Word, through hearing of His works, to, to, to trust Him that no matter what came their way, whether it was a, an army they were to defeat, when God said, just light some lanterns and just go up there and scream a little bit, I'll take care of the rest. He did it. That's just one story. He says, I love it how the writer here puts it. He's like, man, I'm going to run out of pages. I'm going to run out of time, but I'm going to mention these names because these stand, they stick out to me. Barak. A lot of people don't know the story of Barack. Barack was a military leader, and, and, and he was, through, through a friend, said to go into battle in this specific way. And guess what Barack did? He did it. Read the story of Barack and Deborah. It's a great story. And it doesn't happen by some guy just saying, this makes sense. It didn't make sense for Barack to battle that way. Barack went and battled that way because God said, go that way. And it worked out. Like, good things happen from it. You've got that story of Barak. You've got the story of Samson. More, more than most of us in here probably have this story of Samson down. You've got the strong man, right? He was kind of a ladies' man, too. He, he had a lot of stuff going for him. He was strong. He could go to battle. It tells us that he, he knocked down an entire squadron of men with just the jawbone of a donkey. He takes that jawbone and just... Whoop, and just kills a whole mass of people. He's known for doing all these great works. But at some point in his life, he decided to do things his way. You guys remember that part of the story, right? Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I don't know, because you just killed me. Okay, so he's, he's got eyes for this girl. And then she's got ties with the enemy. And she ends up cutting his hair. And there's this whole story, like, I don't understand, like, why he would lose his strength when he cut his hair, but that's just what we know. It could have been anything, I suppose, but, but I think the cutting of the hair meant he changed who he was. I'm sure there was some spiritual implications there, there's some reasoning there, but, but I think if we look at it practically, Samson had got to a point in his life that he, he wasn't who he was supposed to be. And he gets to the end, and, and they've got him chained to the pillars in the temple. You guys remember this part of the story? He's chained to the pillars. Oh, Samson. Oh, strong man Samson. They've gouged out his eyes. They've cut his hair. They've ripped, robbed him of his, of his identity. He's no longer the same person. And God grants him the strength because of faith. 
What I love about God is he's not just a God that judges, but he's a God of redemption. He redeems Samson in that story. The, the story of Samson as the power in it anyways. It's not how he was so powerful of a warrior, but how at the end of his life he had faith in God. God redeemed him, and by faith he was able to do what he did. I don't want you guys to think that God's just a God who's just forcing me to do something. <laughs> I guarantee you, every morning when I go to work, um, I'll tell you where my heart is. I love my job. I love helping people. But every morning when I go to work, I carry a backpack. It's got my computers and all my paperwork and stuff like that. Um, and every morning I walk around the corner of the building right into the sun. And every morning I get this feeling as I breathe in the air and I feel the sun on my skin. I feel like, boy, it would be great to be on a trail somewhere today to proclaim the gospel in Central America. This is my thought every day when I go to work. And I walk into that building, and I'm just like, man, this is not even what I went to college for. But by faith, God, I know you're going to use me. And I get to witness and, and talk to people like this. Now, do I want to go back on the mission field at some point? You bet I do. I've already told you I'll get ready for Kenya. It's going to happen. But it's by faith. God places us where we need to be. And sometimes it's just like, you know, man, I just, I just want to do what I want to do right now. It's this whole, this whole society we live in. And, you know, the you do you. It's, it's, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, then you do it. If it feels great, then do it. Guess what? That has never changed. That was the same mentality when I was a kid. If it feels good, do it. But I, but I want to submit to you today, if it brings glory to God, do it. And today, I'm able to stand up here pretty calm with everything that's going on in our life right now, not because I'm just super laid back, which I am a laid back guy, but this stuff will cause you like bad stuff in your head sometimes, right? You can get some real anxious feelings. I think it just hit me yesterday that I'm going to have to preach my daughter's wedding Oh, I didn't even thought about that. I preach weddings all the time, and now I'm like, whoa, I've, I'm going to have to speak. By faith. By faith, Gideon. By faith, Samson. By faith, Barak. By faith, uh, Jephthah. Jephthah was another military leader who, by faith, followed God, and they defeated their enemies. You guys out there, how many, how many of y'all like... Uh, battle stories or war stories or like war movies, right? I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a World War II junkie. I, I, I can't get enough of it. I, actually, this past week, I finished a book that a lot of people have never read. The reason I read it is just because I just want to know more. When people say Marxism, I want to know what they really mean. What do the Marxists say about the Marxists, right? I read uh, the Communist Manifesto <laughs> this week. It was free on Kindle. So there was that, that part of it is, is true. But the second part is I really wanted to know what they say because what's scary is I see a lot of these tendencies in our society today. Socialism, communism, I see it. There, there's some stuff I, I think you can safely say that, hey, that's a good thing. But then, you know, the, the Marxists got into, we don't need religion anymore. We don't need a church we need to kill all churches. We need to, if there's somebody in your country who's, who's from another country, you need to take their land and their possessions and their jobs and send them packing. 
This, this is in their writings. They had like a top eight things that would happen, that should happen in a communist nation. And they were, more than 90% of those things were ungodly. Some of y'all may be like, why are you reading Karl Marx, Daniel? I'm reading Karl Marx because it helps me to understand mankind. It helps me to understand humanity. It helps me to understand human thinking. And somewhere along the life of Karl Marx, he gave up hope. He had faith in nothing, and so he writes this book, this communist manifesto, to try to understand his world. And what will happen to you, and what will happen to me if we ever give up faith, if we ever live by anything but faith, is we'll end up writing a book that means nothing. A book of failures. We all know communism fails. When I was a kid, early on, I mean communism, that, it, Russia was a scary place, right? But then when communism fell, it was just like, oh, why were we worried about? Oh, the nuclear bombs. Yes, we were worried about that. I remember that. But, but when, when communism fell, it just proved that, that a faith doesn't exist there. It's, it's man-made reasoning is all that is. Well, this makes sense. You know, Hitler, Hitler did the same thing, didn't he? In Mein Kampf, he, he, th- he thought, hey, these people out here, they, they're a different race or they're a different ethnicity, so they're less than. And it was all based on what? Well, that particular th- line of thought, and even Marxism was based on Darwin. <laughs> and Darwin said a bunch of stuff that just didn't make sense. You know why Darwin wrote the theory of evolution? Which there's some stuff in his theories you can say, well, that's science, right? Don't, I'm not an anti-science person, by the way. But Darwin wrote the theory of evolution because he didn't have answers. He didn't have faith. Scripture teaches us how all things were created, or how all things were started. God created them. You see why faith is important? Faith will lead you down a road that is a blessing. Without faith, you're going to be starting, you're going to just be reaching for, for whatever, grabbing for straws, and, and you're going to, you, your life will be like these failures. I could, I could debate all day with evolutionists. I could just say, well, this is why evolution is, it fails. I'm not saying that Darwin wasn't a smart dude. I know he was. He was smart. But there's, there's gaps in, in, in what he teaches. And, and I believe that the gaps, the, the answers, are found in a faith in Christ Jesus. These people in the Old Testament, they all knew that. Darwin didn't know it. Marx didn't know it. Hitler didn't know it. And even sometimes our own American government hasn't known it. My, my, new, my new little reading I'm doing right now is The Federalist Papers, another free book on Kindle. But The Federalist Papers, what were The Federalist Papers? Well, they were basically the writings of our forefathers who were saying this is what our government needs to look like. This is what the United States Constitution needs to look like. They had their ideas, they compiled them, and boom, there we go. And And... and as you're reading through it, the difference I see in a lot of the other writings is that our forefathers, I know they weren't perfect, and I'm not here to lift them up. I'm not one to really believe that this ever has been a Christian nation, but in their writings I see words like this, by the grace of God we will dot, dot, dot. You see words like that, and I'm like, that's a difference, isn't it? That even though they may have some, some, some thoughts or whatever that just weren't really good, I mean, we, we cannot debate the fact that we have, as a nation, we have sorely mistreated 
people of color, Native Americans. We have. And there was even times, you know, I know I'm Irish, I'm not just saying it, but they, they held the Irish down too because they were poor. I'm not holding America up in that way because here's the thing. At the end of the day, all that matters is faith. Even the United States Constitution, a lot of people think, well, you've got to hold up the United States Constitution. I love the United States Constitution because I live under it. But there's only one piece of literature that will save me. There's only one piece of literature that gives me faith. The, the U.S. Constitution is not perfect by any means. It's been changed. It can be changed. This cannot. And so as a believer in Jesus, I, I don't need to be out here, you know, being crazy and unloving to others. I need to be doing this. I need to be getting the Word of God in my heart and growing my faith. Because America could fall, and then where would I be? This book will never fall. These truths will never fail. These promises will come true. And it's by faith that we believe that. It's by faith that, that Barak did that. It's by faith that Samuel did that. That David, you guys know the story of David. We spent a whole lot of time talking about David recently. David was a terrible person sometimes. But he's known as a man after God's own heart. At the end of the day, he was able to, to be known for his faith. Honestly, most of the time when you ask people, well, tell me a little bit about David, they'll say first that he's the king of, of Israel. Killed a giant, right? A lot of times we don't go to the, uh, slept with a chick that was bathing naked outside and then had her husband killed when she got pregnant. We, don't want, we really don't want to focus on the Jerry Springer version of David. We want to look more towards the, you know, the, 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 the tamer version the Mar the Maury version. We don't want to look at that version either, you know. You said you weren't the father. This test determines that is a lie. David is noted for his faith. I, I want to be that guy, don't you? I want to be noted for my faith. I don't want people to say, well, he's the greatest pastor that ever lived. No danger there, right? He's a great worship leader. No danger there. I think what matters at the end of the day is that Daniel has faith. That Daniel has faith. And you see these examples. Guys, I encourage you, go back and read these and then go to the Old Testament and actually read the stories. You want your faith to grow? Read the Word of God. Your faith doesn't come by listening to a preacher or a podcast or joining a church. Your faith grows by hearing the Word of God. We need to hear this today more than ever. Because... It's by faith that we'll get through times like this. Samson, Samuel, the prophets. And it's cool that he, he mentions like all these people who, who did great things for God. But then he also mentions people who died for their faith. You guys, look at those verses there. He talks about people who were mocked. How many of you have been mocked for being a Christian? And I'm not talking about Facebook when someone didn't agree with your point on Facebook. That's not what we're talking about here. This is a more intense mocking, right? It's not a frowny face on your Christian posts. It's not what we're talking about. This idea of being mocked, he said that some of these people, they were mocked for their faith. said they were flogged. How many of us have been flogged for our faith in Jesus Christ? Well, what's flogging? 
What's flogging? Flogging is when they literally beat your skin till it comes off. Have you been flogged? These people didn't recant their faith. They continued in the walk of the, of, of the, the God they loved. Even though they were getting their skin ripped off from them. Flogging back then, it, it involved a, a whip that had strips of leather, and in the leather would be like glass and, and bone. And when they would hit your back, it would actually dig in, and then when they would re retract, it would pull the skin. You guys getting a picture of what these people went through? By faith, they went through that. By faith, they were not just mocked, but they were flogged. I feel like it says here that they were sawn in half. You ever been sawn in half? That's alive, by the way. Can you imagine being cut in two? Not this way, this way. Can you imagine being boiled in oil or, or being fed to lions? He mentions these people too. In church, as much as I want to say that this COVID's going to go away, that every, everything's going to be okay in America again, that socially everything's going to get fine, that everything will go back to good. I don't know that. But what I do know is that whatever this world throws at us, it takes faith to get through it. It takes faith to, to get through it. It's got to be more than just our willpower or our goodness because our willpower fails and none of us are good. The only thing we need in this life, the only thing that matters is, is this idea of having faith Man, you just read through that. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They were about to, went about in skins of goats and sheep, and they lived in caves. They, they lived a life of, of pain and suffering. But they're mentioned not because they survived. They're mentioned because of the faith they held while they went through it. And church, I don't know how much longer we're going to have to be able just to preach openly and freely. It, it, one of these days, it could become illegal to do a youth camp. One of these days, it could become illegal for you guys to come to this house here. And you young people, I want you to hear this. I'm not saying this to scare you, but here's what I'm saying. What matters most in your life right now is that you grow close to God. Because if that ever happens, you can get through that. You'll be able to get through that. I honestly believe, I know our, our nation is not perfect, but there was a lot of people who were believers in Jesus Christ before the First and Second World Wars. We were able to get through all of that, not because we were the mightier nation, which in a lot of accounts we were, but it took a lot of faithful men and women to step up and to, to defend this world in the name of righteousness. That didn't come easy. It took faith. This church here, anybody, anybody know who was the pastor here 100 years ago? Just real quick, anybody? 100 years from now, people may not know who the pastor was. They may not know that I even existed. But they know what I know about the church 100 years before me was that they got here and they met and they worshiped and they had faith in God. And today this church still exists. But the U.S. Constitution, it may fall apart. Just like communism and everything else. The one perfect piece of word that you need to hear today 
is the Word of God. And it is by having faith that we can, we can get through this life. It is by faith that we're able to, to go forth and, and to be powerful in all He is. And He ends it up and He says that all these, all these people, just recount in your mind, everybody we've talked about today and in the past few weeks, all these were commended through their faith, not their works. They were commended because they had faith in God. What you need to be commended for in this life, or what you should desire to be commended for, is faith. They were a person of faith. I see it all the time. A politician will, uh, will pass away. And there's been times in my life, I've, I've lived long enough, I can look at some politicians and think, man, they were terrible. They made some bad calls. But usually at the end of someone's life, they always say that they were a person of faith, right? Even the most notorious senator or president or whatever, what they're remembered for is their faith. Even in our humanist society, people still look for that in a newspaper article or an obit. They look for that. They were a person of faith. Why is that? It is because at the end of the day, faith is all that matters. And whether you're 2 or 82 in this place today, the only thing that matters is your faith in Christ Jesus. It's your faith in Christ Jesus. So may we be a people who live by faith. Amen. What I love, I hope you guys come back next week because next week, um, it goes right into this talk about this guy named Jesus. It's almost like the writer of Hebrews had a, had a plan here. I'm going to write about this and then write about this and I'm going to tie it all together. <laughs> He's writing about Christ next week. Our faith in Christ is what matters. I hope you're encouraged in your faith. I hope you guys will go out of here and you'll stand up and say, you know what, I'm a Christian not because I claim to be a Christian or because it sounds cool or whatever. I'm not a Christian just because my parents are Christian, but I'm a Christian because, because of what Christ did on the cross, because I have faith in what he did on the cross. Today, I don't have to worry about eternal separation from God. I can have eternal life with him. My two brothers I met with that I talked about at the beginning of this service, one had hope and one did not. I still, hope, I still have hope that this guy will find hope. I wish uh, I could go to the hospital. I wish COVID didn't exist right now because I know where I would be. I know where I would have been Thursday. I would have left work to go talk with that man. So my prayers are for him today. My prayers are that he gets uh, someone comes in there that's, that's able to speak with him, a nurse, a doctor, a family member. They can encourage him to, to have hope. Because there is hope and faith. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. And Lord, as we, uh, as we wrap up this time of, of study this morning, I thank you for the two services we've had. I thank you that we've been able to, Father, to stop in our week and just give you glory. But Lord, my, my call today is that you would... Uh, that you would, you would call believers in this place to be real in their faith. You would call us to, to quit just saying we believe in Jesus, but actually live by what he's done for us. Mm -hmm.